Previously on AFTN. But you don't want to because this is the last song of from Football Violence Awareness it's, Month. It's pivotal. It's the climax. I, I don't know about you guys. The month has flown by for me. <laughs> I think it started in February. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFT and Soccer Show, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 295. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And I'm Joe DC. Yes. It's so great to have Joe back in the studio. We have a foursome once again. The Fantastic Four, the Four Horsemen. No. Let, let's, let's think of a name for ourselves. It's, no, Fantastic Four for Steve. He loves the Marvel. I like Four Horsemen too. Wait, wait. The Wrestling Four Horsemen. Oh, and you got, and, the, and because the, you got that, that's X-Men too. The Back Four. So, if, if we're the Fantastic Four then, who, who's who? Who's the bendy one? Who's the fiery one? Who's the shapely one? Well, Joe's obviously the youngest, so he's probably the the... Mr. Fantastic. I, I'm trying to remember. I remember there's a guy that seems to have like really flaky skin. That probably be me. Who's flaky skin in no, Fantastic the, Four? The, uh, the, the big rock guy. The big rock man. guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Is he a rock? I just yeah. thought he had a really bad skin condition. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. What's his real name, Steve? Do you remember? Or his oh, the Brian? Thing. The Thing. Yeah, The yeah. Thing. Ben Grimm. You're The Thing. I'm The Thing. I'm Grimm. And, that, and so then if you're Mr. Fantastic, who... I got the long hair. I'll go with Invisible Girl. <laughs> <laughs> so that is that. What's his name? Pyro, not Pyro. What's his name? Human Torch. Human Torch. Pyro. Right. No, Pyro is the X Men. He's an X Men. Right? Yes. Ah. Well, you you are on fire often during the Whitecaps game. So there we go. So we uh, we've got a packed show. We shouldn't be pissing around at the start like this because we've got so much to get through, and we're, we're wanting to try and keep it tight. You really got to stop saying that. Well, every show. I, I tell you about Because you tight. waste a lot of time just talking about it. Let's just get into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's classic Steve. I love it. <laughs> That's what my wife says as well. Anyway, let's get into this. With Whitecaps versus Earthquakes, part two. We, we should also say, students are back here at UBC, so we've probably got a few new listeners in the dorms. New posters will be available later in the season. We're going to have Joe. He's done our swimsuit sort of pose for the calendar there's a couple of crackers in there showing off his abs that we, we will get posters done there's crackers there's biscuits there's everything you can imagine yeah <laughs> speaking of keeping it tight yes 
this top I'm wearing had a really tight neck. Let, let's get into that. It was a great display by, by Curva, honouring birthday boy Kai Kamara with your Sierra Leone tops. Yeah, do you want a bit of the history? Yeah, why not? Okay. Let's keep this tight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris Harrop, who you n- now know his yes, face. the goalkeeper. Yeah, the goalkeeper on Twitter. Yeah, no, uh, earlier in the season we were talking about uh, Kai and uh, just as him being the uh, the primary goal scorer and him bang- bagging some goals at the beginning of the year. Just wanted to uh, maybe maybe welcome him, let him know that we were glad that he, was, that, that he was here. We thought we'd do something in a similar vein that we've done with some other players in the past, uh, in particular like our friends from Uruguay. And so we had all planned things out and got the kits all ready to go for the Sierra Leone Independence Day because we had a match on that day, like April 27th against, I forget who. RSL, I think. Yeah, but about three weeks before that or so, Kai Kai got injured and we were told, we asked people and they said, yeah, it's going to be several weeks. And we knew he wasn't going to play in that game. So we put it off uh, and we said, okay, what's the next best date in the calendar we could do this? September 1st is his birthday. We're playing a game. So we set up for that. And even though, uh, and then it kind of worked in with him getting that, you know, inclusion. Yeah, the, the call up. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. That was good. Very colorful. Yeah. So we just did. So Kai, if you don't know, if you don't know, I, I don't know how you wouldn't know this, but he has this, his little celebration, the heart, the heart shaped hands. I think the first time he ever did it was at the game at Empire. I think that might be the first time he ever did that at a celebration. But uh, anyways, it's a, it's a foundation he's turned it into back yes. home. It helps uh, students and schools in Sierra Leone with uh, education. So anyway, so uh, so we decided to do the Sierra Leone flag with uh, his hands making that uh, pose on top of it. And then we, uh, Chris, uh, Chris and uh, I think in conjunction maybe with Will Silver from Curver Collective, they... They were doing some digging on the internet, and they found these kits. And this is, I think, the away kit. The home kit is a green one. You didn't tell me that when you sold it to me. <laughs> I didn't sell it to you. You made a donation Okay, that. sorry. Yes, yeah, that's I, right. I made a donation. I didn't sell you anything. Um, we're in the back of your car. You opened your bag. <laughs> You're like, do you want some of my stuff, man? I was like, yeah. Struggled to get it over my head. I well admit. That's okay. So anyways, this this manufacturer is actually, they're, I think they're old manufacturer maybe now. But so it's it, an old kit. <laughs> It's vintage. Okay. Um, but anyways, they make a bunch of kits for a bunch of the sides in Africa. And um, Chris got in touch with them and said, hey, could what would it cost? And Chris actually, Chris has the green one and Will has the green one. But we said, hey, we want to do the green one because it looked very Cascadian. But we thought we better go with the blue, even though it, the design is more simplistic on the green one as opposed to the blue one that you're wearing, which is very vibrant and colorful yes. and got, has lots of patterns. I like it. My only complaint is it is a bit of a tight hole. <laughs> I don't usually mind that, but talking of tight holes, the Whitecaps nearly found himself in one towards the end of the match against San Jose. How is that for a segue? Because as Steve's pointing out, seven and a half minutes, no match talk yet. Let's get into that. This People were at the tight. match. They saw it. Well, we're going to do things a little bit differently anyway to talk about the game. But our playoff hopes are hanging by a thread still. It wouldn't have been mathematically over if we hadn't won yesterday, but realistically, it would have been, surely. I, I think... I, I'm always puzzled when we talk about this kind of stuff at this point of the season. There's six games left. For seven. Seven, yeah. Six or seven, and then... Mathematically, you're not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, we're we're one point or... Like, it's... it's Two results can change the whole mini-table that's happening from, like... From like my, my, you should six. you should know, Joe, Michael doesn't talk about this on air, but back in June, he was talking about this in the press box. Yeah, yes. mathematically. Uh, well, he's proven <laughs> right. Like it's it's yeah. it's coming. I also thought it. we'd invited Joe Deez in the show and not Robbo, but anyway. 
<laughs> I do kind of look like him. My wife keeps saying that. But uh, what? Uh, yeah, but anyway. Getting back to the match, what are you guys' feelings coming out of this one? I I think it's a good, like, I think we're in a better place than we were two weeks ago when we did the preview show yeah. before. Yeah. We, said, we had three more points coming out of this one than we had going into it. It is. Mathematically. Mathematically, that is factual. But I, like, th- the results that happened outside of the Whitecaps sphere kind of were not ideal. Like, if Portland and Seattle had dropped more, more points, it would have been great. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah. I think, you know, you, you can't ask any more of the team in this these two weeks. The you? thing I like about it is almost it was hard to pick a person who didn't play well, especially in the starting 11. Um, everybody kind of picked up the, uh, their play, and it might have been their best 11 for the longest time. Obviously, last 10 minutes wasn't that great. I feel, I know we're not. Uh, they, they gave up the clean sheet, and obviously we'll get to that, but they did go 90 minutes without giving up a goal. So officially for me, that's a clean sheet. <laughs> yeah, well, anything less, two or less is... <laughs> Or is it one or less? Two less. Or one or less. No, I, I think the bottom line, yeah, you guys make great mathematical points. You guys, I'm, I'm sure you have classes to teach here later this week or something. But uh, no, the, the bottom line is they got the result, right? Yes. And obviously. It's a results-driven business. It's, yes, it's how Michael McCall likes it. So no, they got they got the result and they, uh, the performance, Steve, I agree with you. The performance was solid, but it wasn't maybe spectacular. And it wasn't spectacular, and it was a little bit disheartening with a, a, another late goal. Yeah. But I think when you step back and you look at the big picture, it's like, yeah. good good job, it, keep it going. It was a must-win game, and they won it. So coming out of that... Again, mathematically, it wasn't a must-win game, but theoretically, yes. sure. Anyway, let's get into... I'm going to do this a little bit different. Just instead of boringly going through the game, we're going to look at the good, the bad... And the ugly. What's the category for Joe? We got three for us. Well, he, he's the good. Oh, okay. I'm probably the bad. You two can fight the other one. Steve out. is the end, and then uh, yes, <laughs> very good. <laughs> so let's look at the good first of all. We'll look at the two goals now. The first goal yesterday, I thought, oh, great passing move, lovely finish by Fonzie. Watching it back today, if Kai Kamara, who'd stuck his leg out, had made contact with the ball. That ball was not going through to Fonzie. So a fortunate goal? I know it doesn't matter because they all count, but surely fortunate. I didn't want to bring this up, okay? But I believe last week you, you and Steve talked something about your your matriarch or something over there, whatever. So you can say that balls. all you want, but he, he didn't touch it and True. it worked out yeah. perfectly. Yep. It was an accidental through ball by, by Reyna. Yes. Like, I, there's no way he intended that because that run – was a, a good run by, by Davies, but I yeah. don't think he even he believed he would get the ball no. at the end well, of it. Hat tip to Davies for continuing that run, because a lot of guys wouldn't have continued the run. Anticipation. Yeah. And Reina made the... Uh, and that's where you want it. When, when you make a pass like that, you want two people available yeah. for I the I probably team. caught the Quakes defence out as well, because they weren't expecting it then to go through it to was It also wasn't just anticipation. It was his ability to accelerate over such a short... Short uh, distance, this, yeah, short space there, right? Like that, or his that inability it. to stop running. <laughs> Go to superb strike by Nico. He does light a spectacular goal. Zach's shaking his head. I don't think he thought it was oh. a spectacular strike. Oh. I thought it was a good strike from Nico. That is poor goalkeeping. Like, if we're honest, yes. it's not as bad as the free kick I last week. I thought he tipped it over at first from the angle that I was watching. Yeah. When, I, yeah. when I watched it, I was just like, oh, he's got this. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's in the net. I, I, <laughs> I don't think any of the earthquakes, knowing it was Nicholas Mesquita, 
and they, while, they, while they shouldn't have, I don't think any of them were expecting him to take that shot. No, he won't, and that's why he took the shot, because they gave him the space. Yeah. Yeah. They backed off, and he hit it. And so I think Tarbell was rooted so, to the ground, too. He wasn't ready. He so didn't expect to go that what, I, Michael, I would say well done to Nico for having a go and for hitting a, a, a solid shot. To call it superb is a little bit generous, because the keeper really is at fault on that goal. It's hard to have a like a magnificent goal when the defending is criminal. And, True. And as a spectator, when you when you see when you see the goalkeeper get his hand to the ball, like you can't really you can't really say that it's a great strike, right? Because if his hand was more firm or if he was stronger, yeah. then he would have tipped it over. Yeah, he definitely should have. I, another thing, which wasn't a goal, but was very good, fantastic. I think we should have a new category: fantastic, good, bad, and ugly. Kendall's block in the ninety-third minute. Saving our season with that block, in my mind, as a pessimist. It was a great block, but why are we always in that position yeah. at the end of a match? There's n- no way we should have been. I'll, I'll bring this up here because I didn't have time to find out on my own. I forgot to ask you before, but uh, yeah, great block by Kendall. I didn't. I wasn't. Didn't have audio, but I was watching the TSN. I think highlights of the game. I don't know if anyone saw this, but at the end of the game, Robbo has a go at Alfonso. Like he's yelling at him on the pitch. Well, it might be f- for his weak clearance. It, it, it might also that also it may, might have continued from the goal that was loud too. And we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but yeah, but he did have a he had a weak clearance where he kind of kicked it over his head, a la the week before, which yeah. we were all raving about. But this time it didn't go very. But he far. did. But he didn't need to do that. Too. He no, had time and yes. space to so do more. So he kept the pressure on. And I'm is that what led that to that? Is that what led to that cross though? Possibly. Possibly. That's what I can't remember. I, I think that was from the throwing afterwards, so I don't know. I think that yeah. was then. It, it was the but shot that whizzed was, by. But fantastic. But they were under pressure for the whole time. And yeah, that no, the clearance was the shot that whizzed by the post, the last kick of the game. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. what that was. Great clearance by Kendall. Yeah. And the, the other thing I'll class in the good category here, Brett Levi's went the whole 90 minutes. Delighted for the lad because it looked, I was starting to worry. It looked rough in the twenty-second minute or twenty yeah, or the, when he, he went. He was something cramped very Something, something was something. going on with his foot or yeah. something like that. But he, he, he turned out ninety. One of the best players on the park. Oh, for sure. Yeah, one yeah. one man no, of the yeah. match. Which I, I don't think he was, but but he well, connected. He had, good, he had a good game. He connected so well with Davies on that left side. He, it was just he was the over eighteen player of the game, I believe. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I saw him after the match, and he was just really, really happy to have gotten you know gotten. Th- Gone full ninety and contributed to a win. I, th- I thought Jordi Reyna was another guy that could have easily got the uh, not just the two assists, yeah, but, uh, to take away the but, two assists, but, it, but everything else he the did. First on the first assist, do you really count that as an assist? He was passing. I don't to even Kamara. count the second one as the assist. Like, I he just yeah. played but, uh, that yeah. guy. But what I'm then... saying is, take away the assist, and I still think he was worthy of being man of the match because oh, he, he was he well, was all over the park. Yeah, I he think... set up Tachera for that fantastic shot, and Tachera missed a bunch of good yeah. opportunities as well. Moving on to the bad. You've got Reyna again. I mean, he's he was a good player, but he picked up a booking. He now misses Seattle. It was it's a soft booking for me. I, I mean, the referee Geiger to, Geiger Geiger. He seemed to basically point to say it was for persistent fouling, which seemed uh, to I confuse game, everyone. I watched the game at home, and I had no problem with that. The the Whitecaps were were sharing the fouls around like very very well actually. Tybert had a good few, and Reyna Reyna was just the one who got the you know the thin end of the wedge because. I think Geiger knew what they were doing. They were breaking down the attack in the opponent's half, which is a smart thing to do, but you're going to get punished eventually. Are you saying he wanted the thick end of the wedge? Is that- <laughs> and no end of the wedge is better. It's, just, it's stupid when you know you're on a booking yeah. and now you're missing 
One of the biggest uh, games of the season. Yeah, and, you, and he's you, one of our best influential players right now. Well, and you talk about the how, best when you look at over this last little stretch, anyways, of how it seems like this is this now is kind of the best starting eleven. Yeah, going forward, and now you've lost a very very crucial piece of that where you do not have a a, a, a similar player to put in. Nico can come in and he can do a job, but it'll be different. Now, going on to the next point in bad, let's let Michael talk about this. I don't think we need to comment on it because this seems to be a re- running theme for Michael every yes, week. Yes, <laughs> I was I was just going to quickly cover <laughs> the money we had on the bench yesterday <laughs> was absolutely unacceptable. There's, there is no, like, you can't play players if they're not in form. I get that. So I've, I've no problem with the team selection aspect of it. It's more the fact that we spent all this money on players and you've got like 1.8 sitting in... And Juarez, Felipe, Shea. Oh, for sure. Okay. It, 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 to a degree, I, I agree with you, Michael. However, this is something we did not talk about last week from the TSN conversation with, with Bobo. And he, I think, mentioned this as well, that there's too much money sitting on the bench. Okay. The thing you have to say about this is that statement, at least in part, contradicts what he said at the town hall. Not he. When the, the, the football committee, the, the present members of the football committee said – that our our plan, our squad building plan, because they didn't say this part, but because we're not going to have three full D, real DPs and all that, our squad building plan is to make sure we spread out the money over With not like eleven to ten town players. No, yeah, but yeah. not a, no, but not on just the starting eleven, yeah. but on a squad that's bigger. And so when you do that, you're going to have money on the bench. Now I know your counter automatically will be well. You still have some guys who are higher on, on the bench than the guys who are on the field. Yep. But that's uh, that's. I mean, part of that is because someone doesn't know how to read the fine print of a contract. Okay, and oh, so I and, uh, personally, I just allocations. Yeah, terrible. personally, I have no problem with the money being on the bench because the best eleven were on the field. Yeah, um, get, let's get to the ugly. Yeah, we cannot keep a clean sheet. It, it's getting to the stage. I, I'm feeling like an alcoholic. I'm waking up on a Sunday morning and I've not had a clean sheet the night before. <laughs> that is the White Caps in a nutshell right now. I I I still stand by it. Ninety minutes, no goal, clean sheet for me. One goal, the clean sheet for me. So that's double clean sheet, two clean sheets. I I'm wondering, like, to get you guys' impression on this. Do you think it's where we we win the game and then we lose concentration and then we almost don't? Oh, win yeah, the game? but yeah. okay, the goal they allowed. I feel like if they were only one up, that that, that wouldn't have happened because they were mm. would have been way. Waston, yeah, I way know Waston was a little bit. First of all, it wasn't his fault to begin with, but Waston was a little bit lackadaisical in the block. But second of all, Mesquita and Davies, uh, they played they, they played that horribly. was awful. Yeah, they that played team. that horribly. I think Davies played it horribly too. He should have been tighter uh, towards the center of the pitch. They left so much gap for that pass to come into Vaco. Which is not like Mosquito, typically, right? That's no, one of the reasons why you have not. him on there because of yeah. his his quickness, his tenacity. He was his totally movement. lost. I but, mean, he was just looking all over, and yeah. it's like. But to to talk to Zach's point, I I agree with you that he closes down a lot more, but it's always in the opponent's half. Mm. I'm not so sure that defending, you know, working with the fullback to block a cross or block a a sequence on the wing, that that's his strong suit. You know, he's he's very good at closing down space and you know making sure that certain players don't get the ball and in a pass or something like that. But I don't I don't think defending deep is his strong point. And, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is why we have Joe Dizzy on tonight. He's pitching for a place in the team? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Sal- I mean, salary on the bench. We, we talked about... Well, you're our, you're our DP. We don't have you playing. Of the, you're, you're like our Breck Shea. Mm. 
You're on the big box, but we don't bring you in for every show. You know, I was looking for someone to model my new hairdo. After <laughs> he likes hats too, Joe. <laughs> and I've seen his his naked baby pictures with the donkey. But we'll get to that another time. I mean, we talked the Christmas episode. Declan, I'd be very funny. Declan Jean Claude Van Damme, easy. <laughs> the we talked about it, it was good Kendall's block for the the thing, but ugly. Let letting San Jose almost sneak a point at the end. That I don't know what they would have done just for the team's mentality and the fan base. If that had gone in, that I mean, it's brutal at the best of times online, especially on Twitter and Whitecaps land. But that would have been brutal after the match. It almost seemed meant to be, in a way. Mm. Like, you know, was it earlier this season we had a string of two twos? Yes. Yeah, and that would have been another one to add to it. Yeah. Like, it's, it happens too often. To and it's always players. against poor teams yeah, as well exactly. that we're, we're dropping points to. Steve, what was your score prediction for the match? <laughs> I don't recall. Yeah. <laughs> You're <laughs> supposed <laughs> to say two twos, Steve. Oh, was it? Okay. Just before we wrap this segment up, any, anything else you want to add about the match? No, got to keep it tight. Are we still in the ugly section? Because I want to yeah. talk about Davies hair. Yes, hey, I like oh, it. Hey, you yeah. do. Oh. No, I didn't mind Although it. I did see him on Friday and I didn't know who it was and I thought it was George Mukalumba from the, the residency <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan, but you know, he's a successful young guy. He can do what he wants. Why do you? What's wrong with his hair? I, you know, I'm allowed to have my fashion opinion. Okay. He's, the, he's the young one here. Relatively, but yeah. I like, if, if, I, if I was in Davis' position, I wouldn't have that, uh, that hairdo myself. I think you could pull it off. No, I don't think you could either. Anyway, we'll be back with some more hair talk and some other stuff after this. Hello, it's Kai Kumar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Nineteen scarlet roses the chaplain spread around In the waters of Burrard Inlet In old Vancouver town Where the bridge came tumbling down when the bridge came tumbling down, 19 men were drowned in June of 1958 in old Vancouver town. There were 79 men working to build this brand new bridge, to span the second narrows and connect up with the ridge, till a big wind hit the bridge, and the bridge came tumbling down. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. That was Stompin' Tom Collins there from 1971 with a song about the Ironworkers Bridge disaster. Nicely honouring some of the survivors yesterday. Got sent that song tonight by our good friend Mitch Williams uh, on Twitter. His father's friend worked on the bridge the day that it collapsed and was one of the survivors. So sent that. Thought it was a good song, nice Canadian artist, so I thought we'd play that. Anyway, on to happier things. You did want to point out one more thing about uh, the TIFO. Oh, yeah. Uh, just want to say thanks to everyone who was involved with it, making it, and uh, people who got shirts like yourself, even though you weren't there. Um, if you still want one of the shirts, uh, you can connect uh, on uh, Curver Collective's website or on Twitter, social media, whatever. We have them available, and if you express your interest, we'll fill you in on more of the details. Cool. And h- how much are they? They're for a $50 donation, just like you paid me. I paid you 100 <laughs> Hmm. Thank you for your generosity, Michael. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to look into that. Anyway, talking about generosity, I was generous enough to go and speak to Michael Stara yesterday. Talked last week about how he sounded a bit sort of low after the game last week. I thought, I know what will cheer him up. 
a perky Scotsman. Was he chipper? Not really. Oh. So we're going to hear now from both head coaches. We will hear from Michael Stara and we'll hear from Robbo. Um, so, obviously a disappointing result for you. Do you take any consolation from the fight your, your team showed towards the end or are you just disappointed with the overall result? No, I'm, I'm really disappointed over the results, that's for sure. Uh, I think we, I think we, we, um, we played until the, the last the last minute and really tried to, to, to also to score in the, in the dying seconds. Uh, I can't say that I'm, I'm, that I'm, I'm super disappointed with the performance, but we are not we are, we are not too, we are not sharp enough. Uh, I think that the game plan, okay. I, mean, I think we followed the game plan and the intention was still there, but was not that that fast and, and sharp in our decisions. And that's probably the reason to that probably that we played three three, three games in one week. Now, you talked last weekend that you maybe weren't happy with the team's mentality, but then you came out on Wednesday night with a fantastic showing against Dallas. Does that no, you see it also here. Even, yeah. if, even if have 2 nothing here and then five minutes left, we, we, we still yeah. fight, right? And, you know, that's the, we have a good mentality in our locker room. Even if we are, we are you know, in that last position in, the, in our division and we're still, you know, playing for the, for, 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 for the, for the club and, you know, for the, and for the fans and for each other every single second. And I'm really happy with that. Is it a puzzle, though, that you can go and put a performance against Dallas twice and, and come away with those wins and then you've just struggled so much this season? Do you, do you know what it's been? Yeah, about? no, of course. Uh, it's a complex game, right? Uh, no, we have, we have been in a really, 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 really hard season. Uh, most of the time we're losing by one. Uh, like like today, we are almost there, but we, many times we travel home by with nothing. So no, hard uh, hard to to to, um, to handle this, this defeat for sure. And the defeat officially eliminates you from the playoff contention. But I mean, what's the focus now for the rest of the year? Is it to have a look at some of the younger guys, maybe? No, of course, to try to win as many games as possible. Uh, try to, to uh, take some positions in, 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 the, in the league. We can still, you know, maybe reach some teams. Um, like improve our, 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 our game and our, our style, but also play for the fans so we can give something back to the, to the fans. More important than the points, I thought it was the performance. I thought they were, they were excellent. Uh, we played positively. We played with a smile on our face. Lots of good football um, up until probably the 91st minute. And then we, as Vancouver Whitecaps do, we make it interesting for ourselves and we have to put our bodies on the line at the end. But uh, a good all-round performance. And I challenged them for it. So, uh, happy. With a smile on your face, but also with yeah. a bit of a snarl, a lot more aggressive than you were in the first yeah. half in uh, in San Jose. Yeah. Uh, again, listen, you know, no two halves of football are the same. I said that to you, and you know, sometimes I think people think it's an excuse, but if you look at football all over the world, you know, every team that you play has a period of of play. Uh, San Jose had their period in the first half last week. Uh, we had our period and we scored one more goal on them. Today, I thought we were terrific for 45 minutes, but we were one goal ahead, only one goal. Um, they were probably the better team for 10 or 15 minutes in the start of the second half, but we just we got a little bit lazy in our decision making in the final third. I think we let them off the hook too often, and obviously we got the second goal, which was a great strike from Nico, which shows if you practice and you're willing to commit the work, you'll get the reward. Because anyone who's been at training, and most of you guys and ladies have, you'll see that he does that every day. And I, I need to kick him off the training field, but that's the reason why he does it. Talk about Jordi's performance tonight. Well, I can just press play from last week.
because I thought he was the best player on the field last week and I thought he was the best player again today. I think he created so many chances. Um, he's disappointed. He got booked for, you know, I think we'll, we'll miss your ne next week, but for uh, a nothing tackle. Um, but his vision, his awareness, his, his decision-making was top-notch. Uh, and you can teach, all, teach players all the fundamentals, all the positional play, all the, the, the hard work and things like that, but he's got a natural understanding of the game. You know, they've got good players as well, San Jose, you know, the Vacos and the, the Ericsons, they're really good players. Um, we've got a, a terrific young player in Jordi Rayner as well. I think he's playing with a, uh, an, an elegance at the moment, a smile, you know, a little bit of attitude. And sometimes it, you know, he bounces a ball and he gets booked. I know that. But I don't want to take the little devil out of him. Because if I do, then we won't get performances like that. So it's just about curbing it. The gaffers there talking about the match. Neither of them overly upbeat, but that's only to be expected. We're, we're going to talk about San Jose in a little bit later in this section, because a few things I want to talk about, and we've got Chris Wondolowski coming up as well. But Robo is talking a lot about positivity right now. He had a bit of a go with the radio guys after the match as well for focusing too much on the negatives out of the match and, and not the pe positives. Is that fair, or is that just to be expected, really? Well, the question that was that was asked that really got under his skin was the fact that, um, you know, the previous World Cup break, after they, they were so hot going into the World Cup break, coming out, they really didn't, they were so inconsistent, basically, it was pointed out. And how do you, you know, avoid that for the next, now this international break coming up? And then right fair, there he said, question. yeah, he said he's not going to answer that question. And then he kind of answered it. <laughs> I, I think being this is more of a philosophical question. Being positive means you're happy with how things are going. Whitecaps are not in a playoff spot, so why should we be happy? Why should we be content with how things are going? Like I understand they've won the last two games and things like that, but I think the nature of of you know media and people who cover a sport is it's it's a lot easier to point out negative things yeah. than is. I also think that's the nature things. of a sports fan. Yeah, yeah, and especially <laughs> us folk from from back east. Yeah, but. To be fair, the team did win. The team yeah. won the week the week before, but Sh against the worst team in MLS. Yeah, but this is me just playing the right. The pessimist but but, card, but but it like what has been one of the two narrow wins at that. What has been yeah still what has been one of the Achilles heels of, of Vancouver? Yeah, beating crap teams. Yeah, it, they've been terrible against bad teams or uh, quote unquote B B sides of different teams, right? But the criticism is against the nature of the win, which is fair because. San Jose are not in the playoff picture anymore after that result. But, like, they were one kick of the ball away from a 2-2 draw at home. Um, like, and a stunning comeback 2-2 draw as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, a team that can be positive is RSL. And we'll come back and come to that later. Yeah. But their result and where they yeah. are, they I mean, have reason to be positive. It is how you want to look at things. And I, I had a, a, a good chat with our, our good friend Nathan, Mr. Whitecaps, uh, at training on Friday. Oh. Talking about... Whether you, you should look at things more with a half-full thing, whether you should look more half-empty. The, the way to look at that, if you look at it kind of half-empty, you can be surprised and happy. If you look at it too half-full, you can only then get maybe led to disappointment. Is that just from watching too many years at East Fife that I have that Probably. attitude? Yeah. Uh, I, to, to, to just, I, I'm okay with there being constructive criticism or there being criticism, whatever. Uh, but I, I do think... 
I do think at this point of the year and the way things have been going and all that kind of stuff, I think you need to see see this uh, see this as positive. And you know, we do the preview podcast most weeks in the middle of the weekend. Um, we we try and make an effort to look ahead. Yeah, you're you're quite upbeat in that. Yeah, right? we and we try. It's it's because it's easier to look ahead to a game at the weekend with positivity if yes. if things are going As well. As opposed to having to review yes, it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because you have all these hopes and expectations of how the game is going to go, right? Like on paper, the Whitecaps should be beating San Jose quite comfortably and we did not beat them comfortably. We beat them, but we didn't beat them comfortably. So it's yeah. managing expectations. And I think Vancouver as a city and how you know sports works here, the expectations are set quite high, I don't think, at a reasonable level. Yeah. Oh, but, but to be fair, the Whitecaps uh, organization... Uh, apparently does not care about the expectations of of the city and the and the people around them. Ah, uh, here you oh, go yeah, with your conspiracy yeah. theories again. <laughs> okay, well, it's not a conspiracy theory. They've they've come out and said that we we're not, we're we're only going to do so much. They've said that allegedly. Yeah. No, not allegedly. No, no. I'm just going to say that because I don't want to get to. Okay. okay, so right. Let, let's look at our playoff rival, yeah. Steve. Well, no, we're going to well, look no, at we're looking at the next part. Actually, well, let's look yeah. at the Whitecaps. Yeah, let's look at our games. We've got seven games left. We're on Lucky a break. number seven. Yeah, on a break now. We come back against Seattle, which is a big, big match for us. But there's seven games left. We're on 40 points with these seven remaining. We could finish on 61. Just now. That's positive. That's my positive thinking. We're one point out of the playoff places. If you look at the fact that, looking at the tiebreakers of wins and goals for, it's really two points because we need to make up that second point. That's negative. Yeah. Cascadian log jam from fifth to seventh. But if you look at the table, realistically, if we went on a run, we can catch, I think, every team up to second. Maybe Dallas, but we'll look at them in the next part and they've got quite an easy run in. So... I feel we could probably catch any team up to seventh, but we have to go on this winning run. Yeah, we, we can essentially you can host a playoff game if you go on a decent yeah. run. We've got Seattle point. at home, Dallas at home, Galaxy away, TFC away, KC at home, LAFC away, and then Portland at home. How are you feeling about how we're sitting just now? It feels that it's a tough ask, but I mean, how many points would you see us taking? Do you feel confident we could? catch one of these teams above yeah, us. Yeah, so I, looking at this, I, for the first three games, I feel like we could get three results, two wins and a draw out yeah, of those first three realistic. games. And then out of the last two, I feel we can pick up two wins. That's you think we big... can go to LA and yeah. no, win in LA? No, I was thinking beat Kansas City at home and beat uh, Oh, Portland you mean our last home. two home games. La- yeah, right. No, out of the last four, right. we could win two of them. Okay. I think and so that basically gives us 13 points. That would be enough. It's it's kind of fluid as well because yeah. some of those games are against players are teams that we're trying to overtake. Yeah. Yeah. So if you lose against Seattle but beat Dallas, it's as if you didn't do anything. No, that, that, yeah, that's exactly. That's, that's more, there are more important games yeah. than other ones, yeah. but they're all important. Actually. I think looking at the, the list of it's seven games, I think, there, yeah. um, we can only afford to lose one of those. TFC? And we need to win four or five. I think. Well, I mean, TFC look out of it, and we'll come to that in the next part. They beat so, us I mean, already they, this they season. They might want to put out a young team. You don't know how they're going to approach the end of the season. And and the thing is, Seattle is right now obviously on an eight-game winning streak. Yeah. yeah. I don't see. I can't expect them to do that every game, though. They are mm. going to stumble somewhere down the, in the last stretch of the game. So a they're dr- not a draw against Seattle would be okay yeah. as long as you have confidence of one of the other team's that are in that kind of log yeah. jam that Michael mentioned, slipping up, which is, it's MLS. Yeah. Like, let's be realistic. They, yes. Someone will lose a game. And, well, the there. worst thing as well is we don't have RSL in that. And yeah. that, that could yeah. end up... I think RSL could still be caught. 
I think they it can. Is, but th- there's, but these are six pointers we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like the t- the TFC game is the only game that doesn't have implications in our conference. Yeah. Like mm. that's the only kind of bonus game that but, we have. Yeah, we're going to look at some of the games that the other teams have in the next part, and they've got a few Eastern teams coming up. So yeah, and those like in my mind, maybe because I'm too negative again, mm-hmm. but like all those games that they're playing Eastern Conference teams have gone against have like the points have come out west and instead the, of going and east. the teams that have uh, uh, games at hand on the Whitecaps, they're going to have uh, fixture congestion. So they're going to have yeah. to play... Well, some of them are playing in the international break. Yeah, to, Portland, to I think, is. Yeah. Will they be missing players? Yeah, they're playing Colorado, yeah. though, so it's not exactly oh. a toughie for them. My, my perspective on this is like what you would hear from if you like maybe asked a player or whatever. All that matters is the next game. It's oh, a, yeah. It's a Cascadia Cup finale. If uh, they don't win, the Cascadia Cup goes to, goes to Seattle, right? And I so, don't think that really matters. How did you pronounce for. finale? Finale. No finale. Yeah. No, but no. Like, but, yeah, but like, you, if, you, if we're being honest, right. in the no, grand no, no, scheme no, of no. things, that's but, not the most important but it, thing. But it does because of everything else, yeah. right? It, it, the Cascadia Cup will count even more. Yes, it's got double value. Yeah, double value. Du- double points. Yeah. What, double what? haircuts, double slushies. free slushies, double... Trees. Actually, no. The actually the 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 front offer the, the the owners actually don't give anything to the players for winning the Cascadia Cup. Well, why should they? For winning something. But it's, it's not. I guess. I guess they only got a dinner for winning the Voyagers Cup. Oh, unless you count Pamukkale buying them all like really extravagant. Yeah, they're rings. in nice rings. Yeah. Anyway, one team that is not in the playoffs, and I know this could come as a shock. San Jose are officially eliminated with that defeat yesterday. Anyone shocked? No, not shocked at all. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. You were mentioning. Uh, remember, we said last week San Jose is like on pace for a, a top ten worst, you know, season mm. in MLS. I looked at it. You mentioned twenty eleven Whitecaps. They're not in the top ten of the worst seasons. Oh, do you remember what it was? I thought it was twenty one. I don't remember what it was, but uh, I now I obviously yeah, I should nice. remember that. Yeah. But definitely the Whitecaps weren't in the top, bottom ten. Their strike partnership is something that can give them promise, I think. Uh, see, that's what I don't understand. You look at that team. Individually, yeah. attacking-wise, yeah. Vako, Eriksson, yeah. Wondolowski, yeah. Hossein. Now, when I was doing preview show research, I was shocked. Yeah. I was looking at these players thinking, how the hell did that happen to them? Uh, do you guys remember that term uh, not, we're not so familiar with called clean sheets? Yes. <laughs> Vaguely. But, like, I mean, you talked there about individually that they're good, and that's actually something Chris Wondolowski touched on when I, I, I spoke to him yesterday so we'll play that now so I got a chance just a, a quick chat with Wando after the match just to, to ask about all the focus is clearly on him about trying to get this, this record chase he's three shy of tying Landon Donovan who's on 145 and he played 340 matches one has played 320 seven left to go this year three to tie him four to become the all-time scorer He's been asked about it so much, he must be getting fed up. And I asked him if he was. So let's hear from Wando now. First thing, I guess, Chris, about the, the game today, some fighting spirit towards the end, but a disappointing result overall. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, not good enough cross board. Uh, you know, anytime you dig yourself a hole 2-0, it's definitely tough to build out. And, um, yeah, it was good to have a little bit of fight spirit in there and uh, had a chance to at the end, but... Uh, all across the board, not good enough. When you, you see the team put in a performance like Wednesday against Dallas, and you've done that twice against them now, is it head-scratching as to just how it's been such a difficult season for the team? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a little bit, but to be honest, you know, uh, especially in this league, it's it's the little plays, the little things, tracking runners, uh, making that extra pass, uh, you know, doing the doing the, the little things better than the other team, uh, you know, and we've only done that, I think, four times this year, and so... Uh, 
I think we're right where we deserve to be. I mean, you've been in Sunday State for a, for a while now, officially out of playoff contention, although obviously kind of we're for a while, but what does this team need to focus on now to get more competitive for next season? Again, I mean, I think that at times we play too individualistic, uh, you know, and you have to, again, can't do that. You have to play team ball. You have to have our identity and play execute the game plan. And uh, when you go AWOL on that, it, uh, it hurts. For you yourself, obviously, all the focus is on you to try and beat the score and record this season. Are you fed up with folk asking you about it? Or is it still something that's really exciting you? No, nah, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's each question each week uh, is what it is, you know. Uh, glad I'm in that spot, but at the same time, uh, I do hope to get it done, so uh, don't have to answer it. Is it going to be more like a relief for you, if you're mind when you, when you do get it? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing chase, and it's, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, I definitely hope that I get there, but, uh, yeah, it's just, I think, another thing. just want to win. It's just last thing, like, obviously, you, you, we hope you're going to set the record this year, but how long do you see yourself still going in, in MLS? Oh no! This year took a lot. It's taken a lot out of me. Uh, you know, both mentally and physically. Uh, I, uh, I don't know, to be honest. Thanks. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much. Good luck. Thanks. Hope you get it soon. Wando there. Have to say, doesn't sound that if he gets the record, he, he might just hang his boots up. He might call it a day. Doesn't sound like he's coming back next year. But from what we, you hear on the internet, that he do, he doesn't really get along with a the coach. There now, has this, been a lot of rumours that, that this coach a, a split in that yeah, earthquake's locker room. And the thing is, with a record like this and a finish like this, I highly doubt this coach comes back. Yeah, maybe so, we talked about that last week. So, uh, and he maybe, hasn't been playing Wando or starting Wando. Maybe they bring in like Siggy Schmidt because he's not going to be with LA very much longer. <laughs> and they bring him into San Jose. And maybe Robo. Just some more uh, recycling. Yeah, I, I talked to him after the game too and just said like, hey, everyone wants you to break that record. Uh, no one wants Donovan <laughs> to have it. Two words, player coach. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting one actually, yeah. Then they could pay him more if they really Yeah. Wanted. I... If he was to move on, and his heart is with San Jose, but he is a guy. I'm not saying we should make a play for him or anything like that, but he's a guy. You have him on the bench. You bring him on in the last 10 minutes of a game where you need a goal. He's the kind of guy that's going to get a goal. You think he would score goals for Vancouver? I know he scores lots of goals he's, against Vancouver. I think, was it 13 we were looking at yesterday, that his goals that he scored against Vancouver? Speaking about uh, unimportant numbers, it was 28 points that the Vancouver Whitecaps had in 2011. Really? 28, yeah. It does not seem like 28. The majority were from Tater. <laughs> there were six. We, we never talked last week that on the TSN thing, yeah. Bobby did announce that he was, felt Tater should have been given more time. Which is, that well, was, no, just ironic because he's the one who fired him. But uh, essentially part of well, the group. He, no, I, he's part of the group of people who fired wasn't him. Wasn't there a guy up top, Barb? No. What was the guy? Yeah, Paul name? Barber. Yeah, Paul Barber. And then but Paul Barber to, was on the football committee. And, and Tommy Sowen, I'm sure, was uh, angling to get the oh, coy no, coaching he was, he was. He was, but... Anyway, it, let's, it, let's not rehash 2011. No, I just want to tell you. Alan Rochat. <laughs> Actually, oh, I got an Alan Rochat. Okay, tight, tight, tight. No, okay, no, six wins, 18 <laughs> losses, and 10 draws. Hmm. Is, that, is that right? Wait, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Points. Yeah. Last thing then for this part. Do you see Wando getting these four goals that he needs this season? Seven games to do it? 
Yes. I think he's got enough people that maybe <laughs> late in the season when he's playing teams that don't the games don't matter, maybe they let him squeeze some the, goals through. There might be some penalties involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hat-trick in the last game, I think. That, that would be superb. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to do it. But he needs four goals. I don't think he's going to do it, but he will be tempted to come back, and I like Joe's player. And I know so. a lot of Americans want him to beat the record of that Mexican Landon Donovan. Yes. <laughs> but, but the thing the thing about him potentially being available for another team next season, like if, if you're looking for a bench player, is there a better bench player that you could go for? Even for, even in terms of the Whitecaps. Like a designated player, bench player, or? Rick Shea. Anyway, we're going to be back with some more MLS chat after this. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. That was Danger Signs there from English punk band Penetration. I'm sure we all agree there's nothing better on a Sunday night than a little bit of penetration. Danger Signs are singing about there. And the Danger Signs are certainly there for the Whitecaps. We've got to say that. Will they make the playoffs? Will they not? Now we're going to do our MLS roundup a little bit differently this week. And instead of simply focusing on the weekend's results, we're, we're going to look at where each team stands and the kind of road and path that they've got ahead of them. So, as we mentioned, after this week's matches, we're on the outside. We're looking in. Just barely. We're, we're like a, a starving street urchin in Victoria, London, with his face pressed up at the window going, Please, sir, can I have some more points? Points? Pickpocket points from people. Yeah, this is why we should have Rich Fagan in mm. charge. Get Fagan's little street urchins into the <laughs> into the big show. We did move up a spot. We moved up to seventh because LA Galaxy are absolutely dreadful. We were watching the score come through during the game and at one point the app actually had it go up to seven. Yeah, on TV <laughs> on TV the score came down as seven two as well. And I checked. I haven't actually watched the highlights of that. I don't know if there was a VAR goal or what happened in it, but on the MLS highlights they didn't show why they, that would have happened. Yeah. Someone was probably just drunk and hitting the button. <laughs> Another goal. Because you guys were calling it and I was yelling it out in the press box yes. every time. Say Simon Fudge was enjoying it. Yeah. Let's let's do the table in order in, in the West. So Dallas are still out in front, even though they had a bit of a mixed week. They they lost to San Jose, which would the, second loss to San Jose. When I saw that, I go they're known. I yeah. I, I I mean I asked Wando and and Stara this. How can you go from beating Dallas twice to? It's just head scratching. Yeah. They've got this talent and they can't do it. But Dallas, they did beat Houston four two in the the Texan derby. Last six games though. Only two wins and a draw. It doesn't sort of scream out Western Conference champions, but yet they're on top by three points because everyone's beating everyone else. Now, they've got three games left at home. Columbus, Orlando and KC. Now, the first two, you've got to think, 
they're going to take those. I don't KC, know. Columbus has been playing really well. Columbus mm. does look very solid with Merrim back there. They really yeah, Merrim yeah, is like bounced back. A new what lease a, of life. And clearly, it's so frustrating. We were in for him clearly, twice and we didn't get him. Clearly, Orlando, something was going on there with him. Yeah. Because he's that, a different player. That, that's just weird. Dallas are four on the road, including ourselves. Portland, so you want them to do something there. Then DC and Colorado. All those games are really winnable for Dallas. So, but they're doing a lot of traveling too. They, yeah, especially the road games. They don't travel well. I think we talked about maybe earlier or a couple of weeks ago or whatever, whatever it was. But they they lost Diaz right like this this year, and I think that that I think that that's been one of the. Hmm. But they got that new guy. Yeah, but what's his name against? Uh, Pablo something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, I, yeah, but I don't think he's integrated fully yet. Oh, right? for sure. I, there will be obviously, and they lost a uh, they traded Acosta too. Don't forget that. Badgy started this this game and he looked all right. Yeah, he did look good. Yeah, he's he's really come into like he's become an MLS striker. Yeah. he was on the bench for ages in in Colorado. Do, do we do we see Dallas holding on to that top spot? Mm. It's gonna be it's gonna be uh, I think it's a three way race for me. Steve's always got Dallas faltering at some point. Yeah, because I've but, been but right, they, but they do. I think they three do. years yeah, in a row I was yeah. right on them faltering. Portland are probably the my shout for, to finish top. Portland Ooh, is really? sixth place. They, they they look they look good. I, they like they started really badly. I you have to bear that in mind. You know, I would not put it off Seattle finishing top because it's yeah. just the run that they're yeah. on. But it is hard to keep that going. But Portland came back from such a terrible start to the yeah. season. Yeah, and then they went on that great run. Then they went on another terrible run, but they've turned the corner on that as well. Well, know? let's get to the next team, LAFC. Yeah, I mean LAFC's second just now, forty six, three behind Dallas. They basically ended TFC season. Oh, I think I feel they. I think now. they did as well. Yeah. That that was a good good win for them. That fourth uh, Villa goal. Oh, oh that was beautiful. We were watching uh, in on the telly in, in the press box, and everyone was like, "Whoa!" When it went in, I still think. That they'll somehow be able to make up those nine points or whatever it is. Really? Yeah, somehow. Uh, when you when you look though, you that say this every year about TFC. New, I, I'm not. I'm saying. I'm not he saying. Is, I'm, he is in the closet. <laughs> he's got. He's a TFC fan. No. Whoa. 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 Back the fun train up, Michael. Do you not have a TFC jersey? Who doesn't have many jerseys from across the, their country? Does Does anyone else here have another MLS team's jersey? Yeah. Who? What? Who doesn't? I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, I have a. Okay. <laughs> I have many. I have many. Not many. Sorry, I have a number. Actually, I, I do. You do have a Sounders hat, though. I don't have a Timbers t shirt. I'd say anything that's free. That's do you not like there. my Serge Janjakanovic TFC kid? No. Oh, all right. I do have uh, San Jose Earthquakes first generation top. Yeah. Hmm. I, have a, I have a Michael Boxel Minnesota, Uni- Minnesota United. It's quite nice. DC and New England are ahead of them, yeah. and they've got games in hand now. It's done for me for TFC. I think so. I agree with that. Especially the way DC are playing. If Damn. anyone's going to get into the playoffs, did you it's see them, them today against Atlanta? It, um, that Wayne, was impressive. Wayne Rooney is a magnificent. He is player. making them tick. Yeah. The through ball he played for Acosta, for for Acosta's goal was just. Amazing. Oh, here we go. Zach's going to come in. Uh, sorry, we just need to clear. Yeah, in case you didn't know, both. St- both Steve I didn't and Joe right DZ are Man United loving peoples. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but you can't argue with the impact that he's had on that team. No. I, hey, I, I never said anything about his impact on the team. Well, the go- I just wanted people to know the context. But the, but the goals today as well for DC were also impressive. He scored yeah. a lovely penalty. 
Well, the other two goals. Yeah, but I think <laughs> from from the limited amount I've watched of Rooney at, at DC, it's just it's his off the ball work. You know that yeah. thing that went viral. Like that's just a small sample of what he does. Yeah. And he's done that for every team that he's played for. To be fair to him. And for the record, I wanted Rooney gone two years before he was. Yeah, I, I, I would think I was three years before. I, what I like is he has embraced MLS. Um, how, whether he embraces it by going to play in turf will be the the big big thing. How many years ago did you want him gone from United? Michael? I I liked him at Everton. Oh, as a child, yeah. as a 16-year-old? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, a child. But Sorry, a young person. Yeah. So getting back to LA, seven games left as well. Yes. Four home, three away. We're obviously visiting them, I think, in the second last game. Yeah. They might have it clinched. They, well, might, be they, might, be rest, they might be resting people at that point. Mm, possibly, looking ahead. They were winless in five. Now they've gone undefeated in four. Three of those have been wins. And this is just summing up the West. There's so many streaks going on at the moment, and we're on one ourselves. Was it five, six games undefeated we are now? Some of that. Now, a lot of people expected them to fade, Steve, uh, as the season went on as an expansion team. But not it, an expansion team. I felt like the back line was like. Why do you not hate the, Why do you hate the ghosts? Because the geriatric fullbacks. Whoa, whoa, oh. whoa, whoa! Beta's been great. He broke bread with them. Oh my no, god! No, uh, no, I don't think I. Did no, you? no, hummus. <laughs> <laughs> they've got four home games left and they've been really strong at home they've got New England and San Jose and Houston so you're seeing that as nine points they've got us so you're seeing that as 12 points they've got three away games left Chicago who you could see them winning that and Colorado are they still in Germany uh, is that Chicago <laughs> <laughs> they might be on Munich time no they're uh, definitely not winning the, the other thing, sorry I don't think you guys said this about LAFC one of the key things is they just transferred their captain in one of their goal threats yes. from set pieces. But he, they moved to bring him to LA from Montreal. The way that all went down wasn't great anyway. It felt it, well, the whole thing feels a little bit like Alain Rocher. Yes, it does actually. Yeah. But 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 I'm no. Happy, but that's I'm a happy for Simone, no, like, Oh, I'm happy for him. Yeah. But it's a significant. Uh, I think it's a significant loss at a, a, a crucial point of the season. Yeah. If you look at LAFC's seven fixtures, I could see them winning six of those. Yeah, so that could put them as the as the champs in the West, which would be phenomenal. One thing I was really surprised about, though, during that TFC LAFC game yesterday, after the match, I really expected Christian Dak to to interview Mark DeSantos and ask him about taking over from Robo. He didn't do it. I was stunned by that. You're cheeky. Hmm. Maybe Steve Caldwell tweets something funny out about it, or. You're being naughty, is that? Is that? Oh, naughty, yeah, that's, that's the good word. Let's let's get back to the West. SKC, third just now in 45 points. Another weird run of games. Winless in five, taking one point. Then they had four straight wins, looking great. And then I don't know what happened in Seattle yesterday. Watched that and it was... Uh, it, was it was an away game uh, to, a, to a team that's very they, they took on the fire lead, right and now. And then they looked dreadful. Yeah. Maybe it's because of the way that they... They spanked us earlier in the season, but yeah. you know, if, if in your mind, right? Imagine all the teams in MLS, and then I'm imagine picturing Johnny Russell spanking me, yeah, <laughs> and then picture all those teams playing at their very, very best. And the team that scares me the most, if they can play at their very, very best, is Kansas City. Yeah, just the the talent that they have in attacking. Areas. Like mine's over here. Preseason pick. No, on a serious note, uh, no, no word yet on uh, Flounder Marshall's uh, red no. card being overturned. Yeah, that will get overturned. That well, was absolutely ridiculous. No, he got, he got his, he got him. I think it's, I thought it was a red card as well. Yeah, 
Really? I, I heard. I think I heard you. I saw you tweet about it. Actually, I think, and then I saw the video of it later, and it felt a little bit, honestly, like uh, Felipe's red in whatever that game was. The last red he got. Yeah, but I wasn't sure. Was a, it wasn't as bad as that. TFT one. I I didn't think that one was one live, but when mm. I saw it again, it was. And the Marshall one, the Maybe first time I, I saw it. I need to watch that again then, because I definitely. I, I, I think it was. I agree with you. It wasn't as bad as Felipe's, but. There was that one angle where you can see his foot, just his yeah, entire bottom knee. of his foot. Yeah. But it, no, it was on the back of his calf. Oh, and like it was quite low down, I, so I, it was almost ankle. And it was, it was I th- my boy Johnny. I, th- I think, I think, uh, I think uh, Michael was wearing the Sounders hat when he was watching this. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm and, and yeah, that's right. That's right. You, you, you don't have another team's kit, but you have tons of flounder gear. I take anything that is free. Just remember that. If you want to send it, say it to our studios at UBC. <laughs> we, ha- we have a hole that's empty. Fill our hole. Come on, people. Anyway, we'll come back to Seattle shortly. Mm-hmm. But let's focus o- on... Kansas City. They Kansas have City. eight games. Yeah. I think that's the most out of all the teams in the West, possibly, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. They do play in the international break. Yeah. It's against Orlando. That's easy win. See them win that. Three points. San Jose and Philly away. Three points. Philly, Philly, they, yeah. Philly might put up a bit. That's why I said three yeah. points. San Jose, not Philly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> RSL and Galaxy at home. I fancy six for them from that. Yeah, it should be. It, Sorry, six goals for RSL? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> no, that's when they come to play us uh, in the middle of October. Then they, they are away. They've got a weird schedule. It's like two at home, two away. and They've got... I think in the same week. Travel here midweek, and then they go to Dallas. That's two wow. big, big games for them. Zero points. They might want to rest players against us. That would be fantastic. Well, yeah, because there will be... don't rest Johnny. Because at, if they're at the top, near the top with Dallas, they'll be going head-to-head with them. That's a six-point mm. game, so they, that's more important for them. And also, Vancouver don't do well against B-teams, so... No. Why, why don't you just do a bit of rotation? Last game of the season is LAFC at home. Now, that could be a championship decider, or at the very worst, it could be a battle for, for second spot. Yeah. And your first round by. So, I mean, that's going to be a tasty one. But let's talk about RSL. Well, probably the hottest team yeah. other than Seattle. I, I don't get this. They're still getting it done, and I keep waiting for them to, like. It's ever since Petke's inspirational speech. Yes. That's why we need him here. Yeah. Is he the person who is the most crucial follow on MLS uh, Twitter? Petke's. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. No, I mean, I he's, he's good on Twitter. He's very. very well, he's just good in general. Very occasional tweets, but very to the point. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday and during the match, I saw Naz was calling over the hammer, and he was looking all upset and frustrated, and like he was showing him something on his phone. And I looked over at him. I was like, gave him thumbs up or thumbs down. He's like, thumbs down. I was like, oh no, what's wrong? <laughs> he came over there. And he's. I was like, what? What happened? What's going on? He's like, oh, it was just the RSL score. <laughs> He's like, they, they bag six against the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, they've got three straight wins now. There's only one loss in the last eight, two losses in the last 11. Now, that's playoff form for any team, and surely. R- Ruznak driving them. Yeah, Ruznak's starting to hit his stride now. Then the other guy had a hat-trick, too. I can't remember his name now. Uh, Krylash. Yeah, yes. yeah. But Ru- do you see I, well, Ru- Ruznak's second goal? Yeah. That was one a, of the that, sweetest volleys yeah, you're going to see. That was a nice season. volley. Yeah. Well, they did destroy the Galaxy we talked about. And the Galaxy opened the scoring as well in that one. I, I was hoping for a draw. Would, I thought that would be the best result for us, but... Would you would it be fair to say that the Galaxy backline, the Guardians of the Galaxy, were not very no. good? Oh, <laughs> oh, now that is a great angle to take. We should explore that further. I like that. LA are three points off the playoffs, so they are still in with a shout, but they only have six games to go. Are they done? 
Yes. You never know. I, I can't. They have the Zlatan. In one sense, I hope they're out. But it, I also wouldn't mind seeing them play the goats in the at some point in the cup. It, it would be the most Zlatan thing to make the play, like scrape into the playoffs and then knock this number one seed out, like with some amazing goals in one game. <laughs> Again, remember the Man United connection. <laughs> <laughs> he has a place in my heart. Actually, we did ask Ziggy Schmidt if he thought the LA could make it to the playoffs. So we'll just play that for you now. So here's here's what Ziggy had to say. Hard to tell. He's, he's a hard guy to kind of work out. You seem positive. You yeah. seem positive. Yeah, that was very, positive. very upbeat, which is surprising with Thanksgiving coming up. Yeah. Now, Seattle, they're fifth after their eighth straight win and beaten now in 11 matches. They have eight games left with the biggie coming up in two weeks. And you know why it's a biggie, Zach? It's the celebrity match beforehand. Oh, yeah. I'm excited by it. Which Scottish actor is here now? Well, Ray Winston's not here this year. No. That was still my favourite interview that we did all of last year. So well, I, are you sure it was? Yeah. Well, I think we should check the tape. Huh? There is a Scottish actor, Henry Ian Cusick, so I am planning on speaking oh, to him. Oh, lost. Yeah. Now, I just want to put this out here now, because I know our good friend Mr. Whitecaps, Nathan, will be listening. <laughs> You've got lots of people coming from iZombie. I love iZombie. It's a great show. You do not have Rose McIver. Oh, and I am in love with Rose McIver, so I'm I'm just starting this. She night. might show up just to watch the. Well, team. that was what I was going to say. If she can't play football, invite her along to watch. Let's start the hashtag More Live More, mm-hmm. and let's get her to come along. I would make my day. Listening. I'm 50 this year. That would be my special birthday treat. I'm just just saying that Nathan, you don't have to, but it w- it would be really nice. They're always listening. Does, do people know that Liv Moore is her character name in iZombie? Oh, yeah. Rose McIver is her real name. Yeah. Good show, iZombie. Yes. And also, they've got folk from Riverdale there, but not Betty and Veronica. Now, personally, I'm Team Betty. I'm Betty, too. Mm. I, I don't watch the Riverdale. Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll take a pass. Okay. So. I thought, though, going on that, we could go with T-shirts of Team Bobble, Team Robble <laughs> for the end of the season. <laughs> so Who's Archie? Mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm going with Team Bobble. Did you see Rain Sea Brigade made a shirt with Fonzie's face on? No. <laughs> Is it not a good face? No, it just, uh, I, I'm guessing they might get a, a certain focus. Cease, cease and desist. Okay. Anyway, let's get let's get back to MLS. So, more oh, live, no, no, let's, more, let's, let's more. talk more about the celebrity game. That's more important. <laughs> more live more. So, Seattle, coming to play us, they've got Philly after us. They've got Philly at home. Galaxy yeah. away, yeah. Columbus at home, Houston at home, Orlando away, Houston away, San Jose at home. What are you, what are you oh, doing? They're gonna, uh, wait, 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 wait. What's Joe supposed to do midweek this week if we talk about this? No. There's a we, Canadian we play game. next weekend. Yeah. He's oh. having another week off. Oh, I forgot. Uh, looking at this, <laughs> looking at Seattle. <laughs> off. <laughs> Look, looking at this run for Seattle, I see where you're coming from that um, – that they can talk yes, the table because that is an easy, an easy run. In. Easy run. We did lose someone this week. Clint Dempsey. <laughs> Have to watch how I write that. But Clint Dempsey. L and I's together are very confusing. But Clint Dempsey retired. The, good the good deuce, riddance. The deuce finally dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Will he be missed? Will he be missed? Uh, mm-hmm. None of these parts. No. <laughs> not in many parts. There'll I, be less need for referee's notebooks yeah, to be bought. I'm glad he's gone. It's like he's an absolute pain. I just n- never liked the guy. Good rapper, though, as we did feature him in Wavelength. Sorry, what? He's a good rapper. Yeah, he does. He has albums. 
Last team we've got to look at now in the West is Portland. Yes. They got back on the points trail, got back on the horse after four straight losses. They did beat a really weak TFC team. Now, TFC team obviously put all their eggs in the LAFC basket, and then they just got smashed to smithereens, so that backfired on them big time. I know it's cross-country and all that. You have to put your strongest team out every single game if you're chasing the playoff, surely. No? I think Giovinco probably thought there was too much sand. <laughs> Please don't call Portland. me Shirley. Mm. <laughs> on, the, on the Portland uh, pitch there. But they did uh, get a battling point in New England, yeah. and they're now a point above the Caps with a game in hand. Now, they are eight left to go. Col- Colorado, as we mentioned in the international break. Then they've got Houston away, Columbus at home, Mini away, Dallas at home, RSL away, RSL at home, and Vancouver away. That last game is going to be interesting. It could come down to They're that. the last three. Like, there are home and away against yeah. RSL. That could, that could either yeah. take one of those teams out. Was it last season that the MLS switched their scheduling so that you play more of your own conference teams towards the end yes. of the season? Yes, and they I, like to have big derby games and stuff I, that's like that. That's a great, I thought yeah, that's a great I move. think it's great. Yeah. It keeps the interest, if nothing else. Yeah. But if you're looking at this, this Portland RSL doubleheader home and away, now, near the time, we'll obviously know who we want to win. But right now, what what are we wanting? Are we wanting RSL to possibly slip up? But there's several pieces in this international yeah. break, which is good because we don't have to play. Like, you assume that when the Whitecaps play, something negative can happen, but they're not playing. So yeah. it's kind of a zero gain kind of a thing. Um, two, two wins for RSL would probably put them out of sight of us catching yeah. them. Two wins for Portland, and then we're really needing RSL to slip up. But we are only four behind them two with draws, a game in hand. Two draws, and Whitecaps are in business. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't feel that we are a playoff team right now, but we're so close to it. That's, that's just the really weird thing about the, the West this year. Would you rather um, gloriously miss the playoffs or make the playoffs and get pumped in the first game? The, in the mm. single the single elimination game I always have to make it you've got you've got to take part you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket but you've made the point before about the last game of the season ending on a high note well yeah it does send the fan home the fans home happy if if you beat Timbers and you win the Cascadia Cup but you miss the playoffs it was that whole 2016 the fans crap season but they went home happy 2017 good season terrible last two games and it's like you're close to slitting your wrists or is that just me? Maybe a bit dramatic. Just a touch. Hmm. Anyway, we'll be back with more drama after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show, part four on CITR Radio. So we're going to have a little bit of Whitecaps chat in this part, a little bit of Canada chat as well, and wavelength, so don't turn off. It's a short one. It's only 1 minute 47. Kick things off with some Whitecaps news that's happened this week and uh, a couple of things we're going to talk about. David Norman, it was announced on Saturday. Junior. He's got, yeah, Junior. He's going to the, Scotland. The sixth. Queen of the South. Which I had to look up what to see what country, what country or city that was in because <laughs> I had no idea. Dumfries. Because it never mentioned Scotland. It just said that he's going to Queen of the South. So oh, I don't know knew. if he was going somewhere yeah. in southern South America or southern United States. Well, he'd be the cock of the north or the queen of the south. That's what we would need to know. That not a phrase you guys know. No, I, I use a lot of phrases that folk have no idea what we're talking about. I've heard of most of them, but not mm. all. Yeah, cock of the north. Never heard of cock thank of the you, north. Joe. Cock of the north, just like top lad. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, but we never use it. Okay. 
Because if we say that, that means Northern Territory. So why would we think anything about I, the Northern I think, Territory? I think that might be a little bit OTT, Michael. Oh, yeah, we'll come to OTT. But yeah, Davey is going to come in the South till the end of 2018. It's a good move for him. Obviously, I would have liked him to go to East Fife. He's got the next best thing. He's got our management team that left us to go to Queen of the South. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of miscommunication there when I was trying to pitch these five to them. Now, uh, training camp starts in beginning of January. End of January. Isn't yeah, it? end of January. So he could. I know they said 2018, but it could probably be extended till the end of yeah, January it, too. It could do. To I up think, to training I think camp. They'll, they'll bring him back. Yeah. Are they in the Scottish Premiership? They're in the Championship, okay. so they're in second tier, but they are having a third, good season. Third, third place. Right? Depending yeah, th- on what third, the results are. Third this place, and they are pushing for promotion. So. Yeah. I got to talk to him just very briefly yesterday. It's me too, yeah. yeah. He's just happy to go and play some football. Yeah. He he needs to play. Totally. He's been wasted this year. I, I don't want to go on to what we went on last week, but he sh- he's one of the guys that should have been in this plan I had of like gradually giving him 10 minutes or even a, a start with, with your experienced yeah. guys around them. Right. If you have like a Tybert or a Gazal or something like that don't, or uh, another holding midfielder, he could have played alongside them yeah. during the games against like one of the lesser teams. Don't yeah. the only thing about, about you making that point last week that I was thinking about this week, Michael, is this is what that's what I used to say when we used to talk about the Voyager Cup squads. And you used to be like, no, you got to change all of them. And I used to say to you guys, but it's not fair that you mm-hmm. then ask a guy to play with yeah. a totally different team or six or seven, eight different players, and you're not with the best player. Yeah. No. But yeah, you're right. He need, he needs to go play with a yeah. with a he well he just needs to play. Well, right it's now. a new environment. It's going to be testing for him as well because it's tough over there, especially in the lower leagues, because it's like it can be quite brutal, uh, both on and off the pitch. So I mean, it's going to be a great learning thing. Queen of the South. I hate to say it because they used to be below East Fife in the pecking order. But when I first started watching East Fife, they were way below us. They've just done so well. They've built that club up. So good luck to Davey. We'll be following his footsteps. I might be going over to Scotland at the end of the year. So if I do, I'll hopefully try and take a game in. But it was tough for him. He had such a good pre-season. But then you saw all the guys that were brought in in the pecking order. Effie Juarez was ahead of him. Russell Tybert was ahead of him. Ali Gazal was ahead of him. And then Felipe was brought in as well, so it just kept well, pushing him down. Let's not forget Jordan Munch, even no, though yeah, he wasn't, Munch hasn't done well, much. Yeah. But sorry, who's that? He hasn't done much, but he's still. But yeah, I mean, Felipe was another guy that was brought in that just pushed Davy further down. And I know Felipe's been a little bit of a polarizing figure this year. I still feel you don't become a bad player overnight, and he's having. He's not having a great season. But he's not having a bad season. No, is he not having his most? Is the most assistant a season? Yeah, right? I think yeah. his first half up to the, maybe the World Cup break, he was actually yeah. having a pretty good season. Now defensively, he he has been at fault for not falling back or being in the yeah. right spot. Yeah. But going forward, when he goes forward, he's actually very helpful to the team. And his, I think his key passes stats are up, like up yeah. first or second. So, yeah, he's he's leading the team in a lot of stats, and it's not the stats that folk are readily looking at. And yeah. I think that is is what's there. I got a chance to speak to Felipe at training on Friday, so we'll, we'll play that for you now. Uh, so Felipe, the playoffs still very much in the grasp as we get into the business end of the season. How are you feeling? The team is looking just now. Feel good, feel good. I uh, feel good about uh, the way I've been playing. You know, I feel good about uh, the way the team has been playing. And now it's focused on winning those games we have home. We have five of, out of eight games home, so that's important for us. The, the move to Vancouver, you you've came from, at the start of the season from New York Red Bulls. 
how how have you feel that you personally that, that your season's gone? You've got a lot of assists so far, and uh, good. I feel good. I think this is an excellent club. Um, a little less, you know. My family is having a hard time adapting here. A lot of going on in my family, but that's some personal stuff. But every time I step on the field, I try to bring my best. You know, I know I had a lot of assists. Unfortunately, I don't get forward as much I would like. And uh, that's one of the reasons that uh, I think I don't score a lot of goals this year. But uh, the important thing that I think has been playing well, I think I'm being a good part of this club. Looking at the last couple of games, I mean, the, getting that, that win in Portland, backs to the wall in the second half, but holding out for the win, coming back last week against San Jose to, to get that win when at halftime it didn't look like it, it was really bad. I mean, what does that do for the confidence of the squad at, at this time of year? I think this team is being, you know, very good when under the pressure. When, uh, especially now we have some big games coming up, and um, now we gotta focus on winning tomorrow. And then uh, we have the break, and then we have the the last stretch of seven games, and uh, that to be key for us. And looking at those stretch of games, you've got both Cascadian teams are coming here, so I mean they're they're tough matches. Two really tough trips to LA as well. Every point it really really counts. But you, you must feel that I mean Robo's talked about this a lot. When you're at the the top of your game, and everyone's at the top of their game, this is a team that can beat anyone. Yeah, that's right. Um, especially when we have control of the game, you know, not that doesn't mean we need to have all the possession, but controlling when guys playing with confidence, guys wanting the ball and. We can move the ball quick and go forward and, uh, you know, dictate the pace of the game on how we've been playing. I think uh, that's important. If you look at all the games that we won, it's, uh, we are very brave, we are very connected and we are very, we put everything on the line for the team. Great, thanks so much, Felipe, and good luck the rest Thank of the year. Thank you so much. So Felipe there, just talking about the season ahead. And one thing I do want to address, which has really pissed me off this year, it it's fair enough if you don't think a player's doing well. What is not on is abusing him to such a personal level on Twitter that you're tagging him into the abuse. And I've seen a lot of that this season. And it, it, for me, that totally crosses the line. It's like, yeah, one of the unfortunate things of social media right when you put yourself out there you can take a lot of praise but then you can also see the the darker side of people's perspectives i mean i I get why folk are thinking he's not having a good season but you look at the stats and if you delve just beyond the bigger stats and look at his key passes and stuff he's having a good year it's the role he's been asked to play does not suit his style of game so so Question about that, what we're, what we're talking about, that just to tie into something we were talking before, what, what would you think, even though they haven't done it much since the very beginning of the year, of continuing with the same approach, the same setup, and replacing him in uh, Reyna's spot for the Flounder match? I think it could work. It's just he's not as mobile as, mm. as Reyna is, and that's a huge part, part of Reyna's game, is getting to the second ball. 
there's more of that criticism. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm just but I think Felipe is his best role is an attacking midfielder in a four-two-three. Yeah, lots of players. And that's around where he's, him. he's shown in the league is that. Yeah, yeah. The the four-four-two we play isn't a million miles away from that. It's just that the attacking midfielder is more isolated because the wingers are are dropped back a little bit more, and then the two midfielders are asked to just defend in that deeper role, like the the left uh, centre midfield position where you're more box to box. Uh, as compared to Gazal, who's sitting, that's not Felipe's role. He, no, he doesn't no. have the defensive awareness. No, but what I'm saying is he would take Reina's spot. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, it would basically whether you call it a four-four-two or four-four-one-one or four-two-three-one. But then you would change the entire attacking plan because Reina picks up the ball and runs. Felipe can can dribble, but he doesn't have the pace to beat someone to get around them right so then his job would change a little bit he would spread the play from that position so then you're looking at your wingers doing a different completely different thing not linking up with Reina when Reina gets into some space but actually making a penetrating run that Felipe and that actually might free up Kamara as well which would be a different a good dynamic and you have Alfonso Davies who can do that very thing and maybe Christian to a lesser degree but the the confusing thing that also comes into this is Felipe is very good at long passing, like like long range, uh, switching the play and things like that. So I can see why you would you would have him fit in that deeper role because he can see more of the pitch, more of the options in front of him. You're kind of taking a big part of his game. A lot of his key passes come from those long passes as well. So it would be like if you put him forward, you're completely changing his role in the team. The, the more we talk about this, the more it's like feel like deja vu of the, some of the conversations around Pedro Morales. Yeah, I, I just genuinely don't see why you would make a move to bring in Felipe and then use him the way that he's been used. I know the squad's maybe changed the lineup, but... You needed something. You needed to get something seemingly tangible when you but lost if you've coveted Parker. a player for as long as we're told Robbo coveted Felipe, you know what he does. You know where he thrives. And then you just misuse him like this. It's just, I don't get it. Right. But so then I also don't see how he fits into the current setup either. But Robert played a four-two-three-one for years, and that's probably why he wanted Felipe. Yeah. Anyway, White Cats, as we mentioned, aren't playing next week, but we will have a fantastic show for you next week. We we've got a couple of surprise interviews coming up, and you don't want to miss those. They're going to be very very good. But there's going to be eight White Caps away on international duty. Four of them with Canada. Mm. The most, white, most of Canada has. Yeah, Whitecaps are the biggest supplier of talent to this Canadian national team. Hashtag Whitecaps love Canada. Yeah. Hashtag everyone else hates Canada. Hashtag more live more. <laughs> Never forget. Good callback. Mm. Um, but yeah, the four players that are gone, Davies, Tybert, De Jong, Henry. For me, delighted to see half of the worst defence in MLS going to represent Canada. Is, a, is, is Henry still in his wrist brace? No, he's out of it. Okay, right. good. Oh, he's, he still has a... He has a very soft cast. He still has a thing. Did you not see it the other day? I didn't notice it. No. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's, got, a, he's got a cast. Oh. I but, don't but, think but he'll he's, start he, he can but, use it. But. Yeah. but any surprises from those four? I, I didn't think Henry would get called in, I have to say. No, I'm not surprised at any of the at any of those four. I'm really, really happy for Rusty. Like, obviously, obviously, yeah. Alfonso's going to go. It's not surprising Marcel's there. Uh, I'm not really surprised by by Danielle, especially because of he, because he's not had a perfect season. Obviously, and has had injuries, but uh, he, he's found form, he's found form enough as Michael punches a wall. <laughs> um, but I'm just I'm really happy for Rusty. I really hope that Rusty can uh, make a contribution and. Uh, 
find his place in in what will be John Herdman's team going forward. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I think the uh, uh, Rusty might not start in that game because no. I think Piet will probably be the starter in that spot. But I think he could definitely come on late in the game or whatever if they had to kill the game. Quick yes or no? Davies at left back? Absolutely not. But I keep hearing that. Well, they might Who's be saying that if if they if 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 they if Herdman feels that like Young is doesn't have the ability like he is on a pad bad batter on a form. I think there could be Davies well, at left back because if you look at the roster itself, they have a lot of attacking talent. Yes, and it's just going to be tough to fit yeah, everybody in there. Is not looking great. Okay, yeah. but here's the which thing. is odd because normally in the past Canada has had a solid defense, save the Honduras game, but they've had a poor attacking. I know Marcel did not have a, a great match in San Jose away and then, then wasn't included in the 18 this week. But would you not th- – isn't this what part of being a good national team manager is about? Would you not say, hey, those guys play together every every week or almost every week and put Marcel at left back and put Alfonso in front of him? Oh, would it not make he sense? He may have watched them play together and, every week. Yeah. <laughs> a left back in what formation? I'm not mm. super familiar with they're not going to play three at the back. Well, it could be think. three five two. If it's, no, if it's a wing back, the then if it's a wing back, then by all means. The, the reason it cropped up so. is Herdman was asked by JJ Adams if he saw Fonzie playing as left back, and he wouldn't say yes or no. That's smart of John Herdman. Well, he's not going to reveal that. That we should we should uh, uh, condemn. Um, JJ. JJ Adams. I, I finally got to meet the man. Yes, the, you the, did. The, 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 the mystery, the myth. We are going to bring you actually the very John nice. Herdman conference call in our extra podcast, and that's going to be coming out Monday or Tuesday. So you'll you'll get to hear all that. But now we're talking about Marcel De Jong. Actually, let's let's just get to him now. I, I got a chance to to chat with Marcel this week about a, a few things to do with this Canadian squad. He is the old man of the team, and let's hear how old man Marcel is looking forward to this Nations League game. Uh, so Marcel, the the first sort of real competitive game under under John Herdman is coming up next month with the, the game against the the Virgin Islands. You're you're in the squad. It looks a a really strong squad. Um, just first of all, what are you expecting from this game? Everyone obviously expects Canada to win, but but what are you expecting from it? Um, first of all, uh, really happy that I've been called up again, and uh, I'm looking forward to the the opportunity with the, the new coach and. Uh, uh, but second, of, uh, it's going to be an interesting game. I don't know much about uh, the Virgin Islands, so I think everybody's expecting us uh, to win. But uh, to be honest, I don't know uh, anything about them. So, but uh, we, we got our homework. Uh, we got uh, the coaching staff uh, will be sending out some uh, some video clips of the team, so we'll learn more about them soon. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be interesting. John Herdman did a conference call yesterday, so we got to speak to him a little bit about it and. One of the things that we're talking about is in the past, games like this, it's maybe been hard to get some of the European players to commit to coming over. But everyone seems to have bought into whatever John's doing just now. Does it feel like a different vibe in the team right now? Um, I think so. I mean, uh, of course, a new coach, uh, new opportunities, uh, new uh, new path. And so everybody uh, needs to be on board and uh, and every chance, uh, if, if there's a chance of being called up, uh, you, you have to go and commit because otherwise, uh, uh, like you said, this is a, squ- a strong squad. So uh, 
if you if you don't, if you miss out of camp, uh, you lose the opportunity to, to prove yourself in front of the, for the coach. So uh, yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's good that uh, also a couple of European players are coming, and uh, it's good for us that they're committed to, to play for Canada, especially in their in, in the beginning of their seasons. It seems a really exciting time for, for Canadian soccer just in general just now, but there's so many talented young guys coming through. We've obviously got Fonzie here, but Jonathan David seems to be lighting it up over in Belgium, and there's five teenagers in the squad. What do you feel about the future of, of this team? It looks... Everyone's talked about 2026 because we're hosting it, but 2022 must be a really realistic target now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, everybody's, everybody's uh, talking about 2026. But I think uh, with the team we have, uh, with the young guys coming up uh, and proving themselves in Europe and playing for uh, their, uh, their their clubs, and uh, and I think uh, 2022 is a is a realistic option for us uh, to go and push for it. I mean, I think uh, I think that's that's realistic, and I think uh, that's that's of course our goal. I mean, everybody like like I already said, like 2026. But uh, our goal, or my goal, is uh, for 2022. I mean, in eight years, uh, I'll be. Uh, this is my last chance. So yeah. To say. Well, I guess talking about that, you are the the veteran that were one of the veterans in this squad. Do you start to feel old when you're surrounded by all these young ones? Um, I think so. Yeah, of course. Uh, when you see all those uh, young kids and uh, with their, all their energy all day, and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be tired after every every session, and uh, <laughs> I'll be putting my uh, my leg my legs up high and ice. So no, uh, I'm definitely the older guy uh, in the team, and uh, but uh, I don't mind. I mean, I love love being uh, being uh, being there. So it doesn't matter uh, how old I am, or I just uh, enjoy uh, while I can. That's great. Thank you so much, Perfect. Marcel, and Cheers. good luck with Canada. Right. Cheers, man. The yummy fur, the Canadian flag, baby. Marcel de Jong there, talking about being the veteran of this team, and it's a very young team. Well, Five especially teenagers. The, yeah, Boosty, Cornelius, um, Davies, Everyone's obviously. talking about Boosty, and I was like, yay, Marco's back in the team, <laughs> but no, sadly not. Well, Boosty is a goalkeeper for Juventus U23. I, so I'll be honest, I'd never heard of him. His parents were apparently in... In Canada at the time, they gave birth to him, and the, but they're oh, mostly really? playing in Italy, so that's why he's able to yeah. play for them. The the man who dodged the bullet, Jonathan David, yes, he's in the squad. Yeah, it's mm. exciting. And then uh, yeah, and then uh, a kid from uh, Olympic Lyon is uh, Zachary Brogiard. Great name. Yeah, who who said Zach should? Who said Steve should read out the, the names? I don't know. Now, one thing I was delighted by by this squad. Let's be honest, it's, it's the first competitive game of John Herdman's regime. It's the first of the new Nations League. They're playing a really crappy team, the US Virgin Islands. Well, Interesting sight, no. You note. play the team that's in front of you. Oh, no. oh my God. Never Please been don't. to the US Virgin Islands. Oh, my God. But I do feel a bit disappointed because I went to the Canary Islands and I didn't see one Canary. But US Virgin Islands, they're playing in Florida and it is a minnow. And... For a lot of these games in the past, you've not seen some of the big European names coming over for it. But right now, they might all pull out over the weekend, but right now they're all committed to coming over. And I think it's that down to the increased competition that these guys know 
we've got a chance of making 2022. If I start pissing about and pulling out the squad, the the talent that's there, I might not get back in. Yeah, I think that I think it's it's an interesting time <laughs> for for Canadian supporters because it's it used to be like how many like the the leading contributor to the squad was um unattached FC, right? That was yes. the big joke, right? Players who were not didn't have a club, they were looking for a club, they were good enough to be in the national team but not playing anywhere. It was kind of disturbing. Now, like you said, it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of like if you're not there, you you almost like you could lose your place. It's yeah. not no one's almost no it feels like almost no one's guaranteed a spot. Other thing, I'm really excited. I'm getting I'm getting more and more excited about about John Herdman and his his role in this. Uh, got to talk to him at BC Place a, a few games ago. He was there hanging out, watching Psalm after, chatted briefly. And I'm excited for him to to bring his personality, his approach, his, his way at looking at things, his way at um, trying to inspire players to achieve something. And so I'm getting a little bit more ex- excited about uh, about that. And I'm excited, I, like you said, I'm excited about this young group of players. I'm excited at, at who's there and the, the players yeah. I know well and the players that I don't know at all. I I think as well. I mean, everyone's expecting them to win this. I mean, they they're going to tear the virgins a new one, surely. <laughs> big big win. Yeah, they're going to pop it. Yeah. Anyway, it's wavelength time now. It's my favourite part of the show. And do you know, it's been four months since we featured half man half biscuit. Criminal. As so Joe re- would say. Let's remedy that now. This week, the Checker Trade Trophy kicks off in England, and that's a very contentious trophy. Because it used to be for the lower league teams and then the, the English FA opened it up to allow the Premier teams to put in their under-21, under-23 sides. So a lot of fans are boycotting it. So this is Half Man, Half Biscuit from their new album with Swerving the Checker Trade. I heard you walking down our street and fatted boots on Defeat instinctively, I knew what would ensue. I'd have to strap on my guitar and tell the people near and far I'd like to swerve the checker trade with you. Swerving the checker trade, swerving the checker trade, swerving the checker trade with you. Half man, half biscuit there with Swerving the Checker Trade from their brand new album. Nobody cares about your creative hub, so get your effing hedge cut. Now, that song was all about 
meeting a girl, she blows your mind. Maybe a few other things, we won't go into that. And you, you've, just, you've told her you're going to miss a football match to spend time with her. Lovely line there. Um, I want to stare at your curves rather than watch Ipswich Town reserves. Great rhyming couplet. What would you miss football-wise to spend time with your wife? I've missed my wife's birthday and our wedding anniversary. Oh, what would you miss of yeah. your wives to yeah. watch a football like, match? Yeah. I was got confused. I thought what football match you would miss to spend time. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, is there anything that, that your wife would be more important than football? For me, no. It's hard for me to say because she she, al- listens. she allows no she <laughs> no she allows me to uh, miss things in order to watch it. Hmm. So it's hard for me to say like what I would be willing to because she wouldn't even put me in that position to yeah. miss. But I I I'm on the same boat as Steve. I, I, I've only been married a year, so trying to. I I cut our wedding <laughs> or I cut our honeymoon short so I could get back from his Fife game. I did watch a Man United game on our honeymoon. She was fine with that, but. Communication she she allows key. me to schedule vacations around Vancouver Whitecaps home games. Are you saying you went to Old Trafford and watched the? No, I got to watch the guys on TSN <laughs> blab about it from a studio. So, like for me, the, the 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 best thing to do is to not miss the football, but plan stuff around it. That's what I mean. The vacation, yeah. 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 So, right, you, yeah, you know, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, for my wife's uh, birthday in 2013, I was like, hey. What? Your birthday? Do you want to go to New York? <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Okay, sweet." There's this game in in this place called New Jersey. <laughs> See, my my wife gets on all these trips when we go down to Oregon, which is always around some game. So she's happy with that. Oh, totally. Yeah. We've, yeah so we've gone lots. But of I, I didn't. I have missed her birthday to go and watch a VMSL game. Um, <laughs> but she was in bed by that time. It was fine. Yeah, you don't miss the whole. There's a lot, big yeah, part of the exactly. birthday. You don't have to spend every second. Yeah. Next year, I have to travel for work a little bit. I'm hoping to go for a game every place I go to. Nice. I did give up going to a meaningless World Cup qualifier in Edmonton because it was a week ahead of our son's due date, our, our first child, our first child, and he was three days late. Call yourself a fan. I know. And actually, Angus Walker on Twitter is calling out our two Manchester United fans, oh. saying, two Man United fans who obviously don't know the lyrics to one of their oldest chants. We are the pride of all Europe, the cock of the north. We are the scousers, the cockneys, of course. We are united without any doubt, because we are the Manchester boys. You know, I hear that chant all the time from the away end, watching on TV, and I never understood that second line. So thanks thanks for clearing yeah. that up, Angus. Do anyway. We, Steve, do we have to mark this explicit now? Or? No. We'll be back with more cocks of the north after this. Hi guys, I'm Aaron Maughan, you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Right, in this part we're going to talk a little bit of college soccer, everyone loves that, but it does have a Whitecaps twist. UBC Thunderbirds and SFU Clan have both kicked off their college campaigns. It's arousing to the Yeah, the Clan are down in the the US just now. Not the southern US. No, California. Okay. Two wins so far in in three days for them, so they're doing really well. UBC Thunderbirds, home opener today. 3-0 3-0 win over Zach's Mob, Trinity Western University Spartans. My, my mob? Yeah. Did you not go there? Well, I went to uh, Axe Seminary, which oh. is, uh, yeah, it's on the campus. Yeah, beat it's them, a part of the community. Beat them 3-0. So, uh, two very exciting teams this year. So, UBC have really stacked the roster this year. They've added a, a lot of white cap connections. Tommy Gardner's back there, Mitch Perot. And they have added Caleb Clark. 
And I got a chance to speak to Caleb after the match today. He's played two matches for them. Two goals and two assists. That's not a bad start to his UBC Thunderbirds career. I know you said he wasn't looking so good in preseason or something. Yeah, but yeah one game he looked at, yeah. he was quiet. But he was he, very heavily marked and got a lot of attention, but he's but, phenomenal. But those who know Caleb Clark would not be surprised at two games, two goals, two assists. No. I look, is he turning into a superstar? He is. Let's hear from him now. So, Kayla, it's been a while since I, I spoke to you, but like back back in BC, I guess the first thing to really ask you, what was behind your decision to, to come to UBC for this year? Uh, well, I've been in Europe for a while, and um, yeah, it was always on my mind as a backup plan to come to UBC, because I know the level's high here, and uh, yeah, things weren't working out in Europe, so... My first choice was definitely to come here. I saw the players were, were good and I was interested, so got it, got the ball rolling on that. Now, obviously, I've watched you since you were in the residency. Yeah. Everyone knows that, that you've been so good in MLS and then you've been over in Germany for, yeah. for a couple of years. Does, do you feel that puts added pressure on you when you then come back to college level? Everyone's expecting you to light it up. To be fair, you have so far, but <laughs> do, do you feel that, that pressure? Um, a little bit, but um, I think I have more experience now and I'm a bit used to it and I kind of welcome that pressure and hopefully I can kind of take that on myself for the team and hopefully they can play freely. Um, yeah, I don't mind being in the spotlight a bit, so it's okay. I did like the start that you've had. Yeah. Uh, the, the goal on, on Friday, goal and two assists tonight, it couldn't really have gone too much better for Oh you. yeah, for sure. I mean, I should have had another one on Friday, yeah. but... I don't know, it's been a great start and I hope to continue it and just stay consistent all the way to Nationals and just keep that high level and just do what I can for the team. I mean, hosting the Nationals this year, was, yeah. that, was that a key thing oh, definitely. that drove you to yeah. come here? Because you're, you're going to be in the short window. For sure. CPL's coming up. For sure. So. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, CPL's coming up and Nationals, that was another big, big thing with the reason why I came because I like to win and winning a national title is something that doesn't come often, especially at home at UBC, so... Yeah, that's the goal this year to win that. Yeah. But I was looking last night. I can't believe you're 25 now. Because yeah. it's like I don't know what age I first started watching you. But yeah, it's been a while. You, you look, you look different out there. You, you look leaner. You look a, like a lot more mature. How do you feel like your own game has developed since you left the bike capsule? Like, you, you definitely look a different player. Oh, for sure. Um, in Germany, I played a lot. That was a big difference. I got a lot of games, a lot of experience in which is something I wasn't really getting at in, in Whitecaps. So I think that helped a lot. Um, and yeah, Germany was really good for me. It taught me a lot of things yeah, about my body and stuff like that, how I, how I play. And I think I've kind of developed like my identity and stuff. So I think I'm pretty comfortable with the way I play now. So. I like you're playing with some guys. I, you'll, I guess you'll know Tommy and Mitch. Yeah, oh, I know, you know Tommy. Know Mitch, Tommy Mitch, yeah. yeah. yeah from um, Mike talked after the SFU game, it might take a few weeks for the chemistry to, to kind of get there. For sure. Yeah. And obviously it's the early days, it's only the second game, yeah. but tonight, or this afternoon, it looked, the chemistry was really flowing. Oh yeah, it was it was really good today. Um, yeah, we have a lot of players, I think we have over 30 players, so there's been a lot of players coming in and out in the preseason. Um, yeah, now that we've kind of got to focus on maybe a starting 11, um, we can really start to get cohesive and yeah, definitely improve from, from Friday, and I think it will even get better, for sure. Yeah. What is it you're going to be studying here? Uh, well, I'm in arts at the moment. I, I got in really late to the school, right. so they just kind of got me in arts right away. But if I do go for it, I want to go into business next year, into okay. the business school, and, and uh, something with international business. I, right. I can speak German and French, so I think that would be a yeah, good idea. Now, I know you've only got the one year eligibility yeah. here. So Possibly two. They're, they're working on it. So oh, we'll interesting. See. Yeah. Does, that, does that kind of shape what you, where the future might take you? Because there is CPL. I know you want to do 
your studies. I mean, white caps. I mean, who knows? Yeah, they might yeah. even have another look at you know that you're back. Yeah, there's. It's. It's um. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting time because there's there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Can stay here, can do studies. Because I never at this age, I never thought I'd be back in school and yeah. stuff like that. So there's that. There's CPL coming up. Yeah, MLS could be a possibility. Back to Europe. There's so many things. I'm just gonna take it a day at a time and a game yeah. at a time and. After nationals, we'll see what happens, and if schools did, or go back to professional, or whatever I can do, we'll, we'll see what happens. I just last thing, is it weird that like, you talked about being back at school? Is it? I know you've probably not really got into the studies yet, but is it going to be weird? Oh, definitely, that? definitely. Um, I have no idea. Like, I I can't remember anything from high school, so this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be a really interesting experience. I mean, the, some of the players have been helpful. They've kind of got me prepared a bit, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, it definitely should be interesting balancing school and uh, soccer again. Okay, I'm yeah. really pleased to see you back here. Caleb Clark there and superstar. Yeah, how many goals has he scored so far? Two. Two. Yeah, he's looking really good. He he's a bit leaner. He's leaner. Meaner, he's a lot more mature. Like even talking to him, as we talked about there, it's so weird because it's like we've watched these guys since they're like fifteen, sixteen, and he was just a phenom for the the residency. And it's like you expected him to to just make that breakthrough. I genuinely don't feel though that he was put in a in a position to, no. to, to for success at the club, as so many of the young players aren't. I, I mean, I. There's a few standout moments, Caleb Clark, Clark. For me, I still never forget when he they won a penalty. He stepped up and took it with his left foot, and we're all looking at each other like he's left footed. And talking to the, his teammates later, and like, no, no, he's not. And the coaches were not really impressed that he did it, even though he scored. Um, he missed one on Friday night, otherwise he would have had three oh, goals. There you go. But no, um, and then I remember when he got his first appearance in the first team. It was in the Arbutus kit. Mm-hmm. It was at the end of a match, and like Sam and a few, Sam, of the, and there were a few of the guys yeah. came down because they were sitting kind of above in front of the wags, and they came down and like they were in the aisle with us, and we were singing, we were singing that song for them, and like it was, yeah, it was. I, it's great to see him, but I'm looking forward to commentating on him on this year at UBC. He has to be a guy. CPL? Yeah, yeah. you've got to think so. Clear clear path. Yeah. And hopefully for a BC team, it'd be good. It's, it's, it's great to have him back. Really enjoyed chatting to him and we'll, we'll follow his progress this year. I always have time for Caleb. But get out to the UBC games if you can and the, and the clan games as well up the mountain. It's a lot of fun, some really good football there. But anyway, now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for news, reviews, links and a lot more. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. So remember to keep it tight. Yeah. What's been keeping you? What's been catching your eye in the site this week, Steve? What's been keeping it tight for me? Yeah, what's side? been keeping it tight for you this week, Steve? Um, uh... Uh, one last follow-up, hopefully, for the Ghana story. Uh, last week, we talked about Nigeria getting, you know, sanctions lifted or the threat for le- sanctions. They lifted them for Ghana to get, uh, the government has agreed not to dissolve the FA and they're going to be having a, that uh, normalization committee um, that uh, or an interim panel overseeing the elections by the end of March. So hopefully that's done and dusted. We still have to sort our, our normalization meeting as well. <laughs> that's so, right. Yeah. Um, uh, little news for uh, breaking this weekend. Um, 
a bunch of South Koreans don't have to join the military. Um, Sun Hung Min uh, uh, of Tottenham, uh, most famously, and uh, formerly of Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah, and uh, a bunch of other guys. They they won the Asian Cup, uh, Asian Games gold medal. Uh, they beat Japan two one. Uh, and when you do that in Korea, if you win a gold medal in the Asian Games or any medal in the Olympics, you are excused from having your 21-month mandatory uh, military service, wherever that is. I think about that. Half the team had already qualified from a previous century. Oh, so it was just, like, mo- most notably, it was It Sun. was him because yeah. Tottenham was scared, and yeah. it was a big story in England. And, and 21 everything. months is, like, no joke. It's, like, two but seasons. I thought maybe they could maybe make him uh, some kind of... Uh, position in the Korean embassy in England or something like that. Maybe that would have worked out. They could have done something like that. Yeah. But they don't have to worry about that now. Yeah. But so now it's time for our new social awareness section. Thoughts on national service in Canada? <laughs> I, I the Germany I no. Germany I used yes. to have it. I used to have friends who come over. You have to do you do have to do oh, military sure service. Germany had it. <laughs> you Hitler had Youth, I believe they were called. <laughs> no, no. Stop talking about Austrian. No, people. I know Israel so, <laughs> Israel for sure has it. I know that. No. Yeah. From the that movie, G- Germany. What was that movie? <laughs> G- Don't mess with the Zohan. <laughs> Germany, uh, Germany. I think they stopped it now, but they used to have it where it was either uh, about roughly a year military service or a year they called it involuntary service. We had to serve in community or somewhere. So I had fr- I I met a bunch of people who c- came to Canada to do their service so that they didn't have to go to the military. Oh. Where I grew up in Taiwan, it was the same thing. Um, it was one year for every every male after they finished university or whatever equivalent. So I, I wasn't Taiwanese, so I would laugh at my friends telling them, <laughs> you guys have to do a year of military service after after university. Highly recommend the 1970s ITV sitcom Get Some In. It's about national service. So uh, another story here. Uh, we have a, a lower team um, in the FA Cup that's been kicked out. Yeah, shocking. They won the game 4-2. It's uh, Litherland Remka. Uh, they won 4-2 on August 11th, but unfortunately, one of the players that they had had a one-match ban for not paying an admi- administrative fine at his previous club, and it was carried over to this club. He played, and then essentially it got thrown out the It game. was 10 pounds, wasn't it? It was yeah. 10 pounds. Yeah. I've been following the... This is the extra preliminary and the preliminary round of the FA Cup. BBC iPlayer this year have a game from each round on it, if you've got VPN or access to the iPlayer, worth watching. There's a Havisham derby and a great preliminary match as well. So I was watching that the, the past week. Last week we had a Brazilian uh, soccer official being um, you've jailed. Been scratchy ever since. And now this week it's a uh, Paraguayan Juan Angel Napu, and a 60-year-old was sentenced to nine years in prison for pocketing millions of dollars in cash bribes. He was basically given. Up to 250000 about two dozen times, which I think totaled about $6 million. He got Paul McCartney concert tickets worth more than $10,000 as well. And he basically, same stuff, making marketing contracts for Copa America, Libertadores, um, World Cup qualifying tournaments, and everything like that. He was supposed to get $20 million more if he hadn't got caught. Let be. <laughs> oh, my God. So is he actually going to serve nine years? I'm assuming he will. Maybe there might be a, a... Well, he's only 60. He's got better chance than that. 80-year-old? 84? 86 or something. I think that I but yeah, but I'm sure they get parole too. They get a chance for parole. 
Um, well, tell us about more criminals in the football world. Steve. Yeah, well, there's another one. It shouldn't one. be BBC Soccer Web Headlines. It's like Criminal Week. On well, this AFN. guy was uh, a in a little section. bit, maybe more trouble. Um, uh, t- he's a top Belgian football TV presenter, Stephen uh, Powells. Um, he's suspected of armed robbery with a firearm. As, yeah. Basically as part of a gang. Yeah, he's involved in gangs. In yeah, world, it took apparently it took place in the, uh, a town south of Brussels in I, 2017 and was described to the media as a home invasion. Yeah. He, he, d- he does uh, presentations in Belgium and France. So it's both countries. Apparently someone said it was akin to Gary Lineker like going into a pub and holding someone hostage. Yeah, so. exactly. That's, that's <laughs> lovely. He yeah. does anything for a bag of crisps. <laughs> 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 Makes you wonder though. Um, <laughs> last week we talked about uh, Nashville having issues with the ownership um, and the stadium, but then now um, the ownership team and a group of community stakeholders who were opposing have come, they've kind of agreed to the majority of terms um, on Monday, and it looks like it will be going forward. It's some of the stuff that they get, uh, they're, they're agreed on, guaranteed affordable housing, community services like childcare, $15, 50 cent wages for stadium workers, and the community, uh, there's a community that oversee the goals of the agreement. And they're expecting to formalize in the coming days. I'm assuming it's probably already done then because it came out Monday. Slightly connected, but did anyone see the new USL team, Memphis 901? No. They were launched this week. It is. Didn't we BC Soccer Web Headlines? <laughs> it's an absolutely horrendous logo. Chris, I'm just going to get it up here for you. Be great keep, for keep, the, keep great for the radio. Yeah. Okay, so uh, another uh, some news from Canadian Premier League. They're going to be holding uh, cross country tryouts uh, starting in September 20th in Halifax. Registration is two hundred dollars for the two day trial. Although you will have to survive the cut to get to day two. Former Canadian international forward Alex Bunbury will lead the trials. Um, there'll be coaches and technical staff from each of the teams in attendance, and there's dates you can check on the website. But uh, Victoria will be November fifth and sixth. So I, I'm going to chip in and uh, get Joe Dizio to another trial. I, I thought we could do that actually. I also thought because the Whitecaps media match is coming up, my back's done. Looking at you two, <laughs> thinking maybe not. Joe, would you like to play for AFTN in the media march a week on Tuesday? I mean, it's if, if I'm good enough for Richmond's uh, adult yeah, soccer he, second he's, division. He's playing proper football. Will he have year. to go face to face with some of the people he just spoke of? Oh, very possible. Oh, you know what? If Joe Dizzy plays, I'll come and we'll we'll actually do the commentary for him, uh, like uh, on maybe. I've told him we'll go and film some of his Richmond League games. Yeah, we could do that. Mm. Anyway, this this is the the Memphis logo. Oh, I've lost it again. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can look, it's really small, but you can kind of see it. It's very 70s. It's neon. It's got like a record on it. Maybe they're going for a Vegas thing. Looks like a Twizzler. Mm. Last bit of news here, and it ties into UBC. Uh, the UBC Thunderbirds, the UVic Vikes, uh, they have a new cup to chase. Um, oh. they, it's called the Legends Cup. It'll go to the school, obviously, where they have the most wins combined. In the varsity season, in head-to-head matches, it's not just a, in soccer. No, ah. not not only just women's women's soccer, basketball, field hockey, rugby. I think it's rugby fifteens, uh, cross cross country running and rowing, and it's going to be named. Uh, I'm assuming each cup will be named separately for each um, um, sport, and it'll be named in honor of the previous Vikes and Thunderbirds Olympians, World Cup players, and other legends. I like that. Interesting. So uh, you'll probably be calling a game that where a cup is presented, hopefully. Awesome. 
I th- don't, thought, don't distract Gideon during that long. No, I have thought... Because right now you've done a plate. Yes. But you haven't done a cup no. yet. I have thought we should do for something an AFTN cup just so we present it for something. Maybe the Richmond Soccer League will, <laughs> will do it for that. You want to sponsor the Richmond Soccer League cup? Yeah. Just so we can see Joe lift it. <laughs> what no, are the chances, no pressure Joe? on you what are the to, chances? to have a good season. I don't know how, how well Club Ireland are going to do this season yeah. in the Richmond Soccer League. So just before we wrap up, I know Zach's got something to say, so that should be another 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael, you're hilarious. I just want to say, give a shout out. But factual. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to give a shout out and just say thanks to all the uh, Vancouver Southsiders from their GA section and the Pigeon, pigeon Casuals and uh, a few other people from in around 203, 204 who joined us yesterday uh, in the, the kind of the front part of 203, 204 to support together. It was a really good... It was a really good time and really, really positive. We went there a few matches, yeah. uh, a few matches ago, the Montreal Voyagers Cup game. We had a great night, and um, it was just a, a small, hopefully, a small glimpse of showing how uh, a a support, uh, like a full ninety supporter GA could or can can work both those matches. And so, uh, you know, the f- the front office has made a lot of mistakes in, in the MLS era, and one of them is kind of how what they've done with the supporter section and and the ways they've chosen to not go about correcting that. And so, hopefully, hopefully down the road they'll they'll finally figure out that you know uh, to, to help foster that kind of support that uh, an actual GA section would be would be really helpful. Not the whole, not all three thousand seats or whatever, yeah. but uh, but one section. So instead would be really of keeping good. it spread out, yeah, yeah. keep it yeah. tight. So would you say that yesterday? Was a statement of sorts. No, I would definitely not say that. But okay. it was. It was really. A was good, a visual statement. You could make visual statements. There was a visual display. Yeah. But no, it was a. It, it was just a really good time. So I just want to say thanks to everyone that was a part of it. And uh, yeah, I think it's also thanks ho- everyone. Hopefully not the last time it happens this year. I, I think there'll be at least one more. Who knows? How, maybe more than that. But one for sure. I think will be coming before the end of the league campaign. Excellent. Will you be dressed all in black for that one? <laughs> we'll have to see. It's slimming. Anyway, just before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me at on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM on Twitter, and I'm a part of the movement Curva Collective. And you can find me at Joe DC Van on Twitter. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada, on Instagram at AFT in Soccer, on Facebook at AFT in Canada. Read our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. You can also find me on the iZombie website. Hashtag more live more. But until next week, where we hope to have a Rose McIver interview, but, but we'll see. We'll maybe keep that for our 300th show. Now, there's another reason to get an interview with Rose McIver. 300th show coming up, that would be perfect. But until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And more live more. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
et...